The Equitable Life Assurance Society presents This is Your FBI. This is your FBI, the official broadcast from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, presented transcribed as a public service by the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community. Money seems to be the hardest thing in the world to get hold of and the easiest thing to get rid of. That's because most of us don't know how to handle money. If that's your problem, then why not consult a neighbor of yours who can tell you how to use your money to build a more secure future? He's your local Equitable Society representative. You can count on him to see your problem from your point of view and see that you get the most for your life insurance dollar. In about 14 minutes, I want to tell you more about this friendly, helpful man and how he can help you enjoy the many advantages of membership in the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. Tonight, the subject of our FBI file, Homicide. Its title, The Astrological Breakout. From time to time on these programs, your FBI discusses the criminal mind. Perhaps you have wondered why. You may have said to yourself, I don't know any criminals, and I'll certainly do my best never to meet one. It is sincerely hoped that you will always be able to say that. But the point is that, unknown to you, there may be criminals who want to meet you, and will. That's why it seems important to put you on guard. Unfortunately, criminals aren't labeled as such. They don't look like the colorful thugs you see in the movies or illustrated in magazines. They're very apt to have extremely pleasing personalities, can even look you straight in the eyes when talking with you. That's why it's necessary to warn you that behind all this may lurk a twisted mind. In tonight's FBI file, you will meet a person who once again proves the truth of the old saying, appearances are deceiving. Tonight's FBI file opens in a small, dimly lighted room. Ralph Stark, a slight, studious-looking man, is seated in one corner of this room, busily writing. A companion nervously paces the floor. Ralph. Yes, Charlie? Uh, uh, Got a cigarette? There's some in my jacket there. Help yourself. Okay. You want one? No, thanks. Uh, Ralph... Does this bother you? What? Uh, my talking like this while you're working. Oh, no. Not at all. You mind if I maybe watch a while? No. Go right ahead. Not that I'd understand any of it. Astrology is really quite simple. Uh, not the way you work it. What do you mean? All them charts and things. Oh, they just look complicated, Charlie. Actually, when you understand what the position of the stars mean, what relation they have to the individual, then it's not involved at all. To me, it is. If I want to know what my fortune's going to be, I'll invest a penny and get my correct weight besides. 
you'd be wasting a penny. Why? This is a very exact science. Uh, look here. Yeah. Here, you see the planets as they are at the present time. Mm. The accompanying graph is their relationship to me. Mm. This is determined, of course, by the year and day of my birth. Uh -huh. I've been working on this chart for a very specific reason. Trying to determine what the immediate future holds in store for me. Uh, how are you doing? Fine. What'd you find out? This coming Wednesday will be a most favorable day for us to break out of this jail. Two days later in a large city some 50 miles away from the jail holding the two astrology-minded criminals, FBI Special Agent Jim Taylor is just entering the office of his agent in charge. Mr. Jackson? Yes, Jim? i see you for a minute, please. Yes, come in. Thanks. What's on your mind? Well, I was going down to Elton County Jail this afternoon to interview a man named Charlie Wallace. Wallace? Local police picked him up down there, but we have a detainer on him. Uh, he was involved in this Kobe extortion case. Oh, well, yes, and we never recovered the money he collected. That's right, sir. That's what I was going down to question him about. Why do you say was going down? I received a call from the warden in the jail about 20 minutes ago. Wallace and another convict just escaped. Hmm. How did that happen? Two men were cellmates. They complained of feeling ill, so they were given permission to see the prison doctor. Mm -hmm. Once they were in the doctor's office, they overpowered him, used his keys to get out, and what's more, they even stole his car. I see. When did this break occur? Oh, about an hour ago. Any trace of them yet? No, the warden hadn't received any word when I spoke to him. Local and state police have been alerted, I imagine? Yes, sir, they have. Oh, we have an interest in finding Wallace, too. Send out an alarm on our teletype, Jim. I've already done that, sir. Good. Let me know as soon as something breaks. Relax, Charlie. Huh? Relax and enjoy the scenery. Are you kidding Look, as long as we stay on these back roads, we're perfectly safe. Believe me, nothing can happen to us. I know. Says so in the stars. Exactly. Look, Ralph, I don't want to put the whammy on your astrology deal, but I'd feel a lot safer if we were holed up someplace right now. Well, we will be shortly. You mean if your mother done like you told her? I'm certain she has. When did you give her the word? Last week, when she came to visit me. What would you tell her? that she should find a cabin in some isolated spot. How do you know she got it? Charlie, I told you, she sent me a note describing the place. Said she'd wait there for company. Company meaning us. Oh. How far is it from here? Oh, about another 30 miles. What's the name of the place? Pineville. Never heard of it. It's about 10 miles from Quincy. Oh. You know Quincy, don't you? Where? In fact, I seem to recall you're telling me that you hid that extortion money somewhere near there. That's right, 20 grand. Quite a sum. Hmm. What good does it do me? Can't pick it up while the heat's on me. Say, Charlie. Huh? I just thought of something. What? Perhaps my mother could help you out. How? Oh. Just tell her where the money is, let her pick it up. Oh, I couldn't have anybody's mother do a job like that. Well, mine is quite exceptional. Just wait and see. Hey, hey, what are you turning here for? I see a car parked down on the road there. There's no one in it. So? 
Charlie, this doctor's car is pretty hot by now. I think we should work out an exchange. Special Agent Taylor. Well, hello there. This is Sergeant Hampton, State Police. Oh, hello, Sergeant. I worked with you last year on the Milford case. Sure, sure, Sergeant. I remember you very well. What's on your mind? I understand that you fellows are interested in this man, Wallace, who escaped from the county jail. That's right, we are. We have a detainer on him. Well, we located the car that he used in the prison break. It was found on the outskirts of Quincy. Oh, abandoned? Yes. Mm-hmm. Any sign of Wallace and the other convict? No, but a second car was stolen right near the place where they left the first one. Hmm. Evidently decided to change cars and take some of the heat off, huh? Yes. Has an alarm been sent out on the second car? It has, but they may have gotten quite a start. According to the owner, it could have been stolen any time within the last four hours. Mm, I see. If we come up with anything, Jim, I'll call you immediately. Well, thanks, Sergeant. Well, here we are. This is really hidden away. Uh, I'll get out on your side. Okay. What do we do with the car? Just leave it here for now. Oh, look. Ma. That lamp in the window. That's Mother's touch. <laughs> She's such a sentimentalist. You mean wandering boy stuff? Exactly. It's I, Mother. Ralph. Hello, Mother. Son, it's so good to see you. Come right in. Sure. Come ahead, Charlie. Okay. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Mother, this is Charlie Wallace. Hello, Charlie. Hiya, Mrs. Stark. I've heard so much about you. You were Ralph's roommate, weren't you? Well, yeah. Now tell me, how did everything go? Very well. No trouble at all? Just with the doctor. Goodness, I hope you didn't use any guns. No, I just slugged them. Oh, fine. I owe a great deal to Charlie, Mother. Really? If it hadn't been for his muscular skill, we'd still be cooped up in that cell. Oh, stop, will you? It was your brains that got us out of there. Don't forget the astrology. Oh, yeah, the stars. Oh, now don't get him started on that. Sit down, both of you. I've had dinner on the stove for hours. Hey, that sounds okay. I, I'm real hungry. I'm sure you are. I can remember once when Ralph's father broke out of jail. The poor man was starved. Some more pie, young man. No thanks, Mrs. Stark. How about you, Ralph? Oh, no thank you, Mother. I, I'm full. Well, I'll just clear the table. Ah, what a dinner. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm afraid that roast will have to go a long way, though. Why is that, Mother? Well, son, I spent practically everything I had on getting here and renting this cabin. Oh. I'm afraid one of you is going to have to do a job real soon if we're going to go on living here. Wait a minute. What? I got plenty of dough. Really? How wonderful. Mother, Charlie is referring to some loot from a former job... He has it hidden away over in Quincy. Oh. Well, look, uh, didn't you say before that your mother would go get it? Well, yes, but 
I didn't know if you wanted her to. Oh, sure I do, if it's okay with her. What do you say, Mother? Why, I'm afraid I don't quite follow you. Charlie has $20,000 buried over near Quincy. Yes? I can give you the directions where it's in. I see. How would you feel about going over tomorrow morning and getting it? Where did you get this money, young man? On a job. Well, what kind of a job? Extortion. How clever. Why, well, I'll get it the very first thing in the morning. You busy, Mr. Jackson? Oh, no. Come in, Jim. I'd like to give you the latest report on that escaped convict, Wallace. Mm-hmm. What's happened? Well, as you know, the uh, state trooper called me yesterday. He reported that Wallace and his companion had stolen a second car. Mm-hmm. Well, they've set up roadblocks for it, but nothing turned up all night. And they've evidently gone under somewhere in that neighborhood? Would appear that way. It's too large an area, though, to do any house-to-house checking. Have you gone into the background of these men, Jim? See if they have any friends or relatives living in the vicinity? Yes, sir, I have. As far as I could learn, Wallace has no known friends or relatives near where the car was stolen. I see. I checked on the man who escaped with him. His name is Ralph Stark. Yeah? Now, he has a mother who has a criminal record herself. They've always worked very closely together. I put a tracer out on the mother, found that she had moved from the last address just a week ago. Did you learn where she'd gone? Well, I talked to her landlady. She said that her daughter had bought the Stark woman a bus ticket to some place in the vicinity of where the car was stolen. Well, that sounds like a lead, Jim. That's what I thought. See, your landlady's daughter was out when I talked to her, so I'm going over there later and interview her. Ralph? I'm in here, Mother. Oh. How did you make out? Just fine. Did you get the money? Of course. Oh, good for you. It was the funniest thing. I went... Well, goodness, what happened to him? Hmm? Your friend Charlie, he's tied up in that chair. That's right. Who did that to him? I did. Oh. Where's the money, Mother? Well, I have it right here in my shopping bag. Now, let's see. Ralph? Yes, Mother? Why did you tie him up? Well, to begin with, Mother, according to the stars, his future was very dark indeed. Oh, poor boy. Then there was a selfish motive, too. Money. This money I have here? Yes. I see. Did you have any trouble getting to Quincy? No, I found a bus that took me right there. You made very good time. Didn't I, though? Uh, Son? Yes? What are you going to do with your friend here? Well, I've just been thinking about that. I'm afraid I'm going to have to kill him. Oh, goodness. He seems like such a nice young man. I know, Mother, but $20,000 can make life very pleasant for us. Yes, that's true. Look, I think I'll get this over with now. It may not be very pleasant, Mother... You'd better leave the room. Oh, don't mind me, son. I'll just stay here and count this money. We will return in just a moment to tonight's exciting case from the official files of your FBI. But right now, 
I'd like to ask you a personal question. Will you be enjoying life on a comfortable income when you are 60 or 65? Will you be able to live where you want, go and come as you please? That was the problem confronting Mr. Robert Grange before he became a member of the Equitable Life Assurance Society. That's true, is it not, Mr. Grange? Absolutely. Next year, I'll be 40, and I suddenly realized that I hadn't laid very much by for that rainy day. My wife and I got to worrying what would happen to us when we hit my retirement age. How did Equitable solve your problem, Mr. Grange? We heard you talking about a plan on this program, a plan that would give us freedom from money worries and job worries when we hit the 60s. That's the Equitable Independent 60s plan. Then what did you do? Like you advised, we called our local Equitable agent, and I'm mighty glad I did. He explained that this plan would provide for our future. Get a handsome check every week. Go and come as we pleased. Live where we want. And how my wife would get all these advantages if something happened to me. The big surprise was the low cost. Well, nowadays when my friends talk about their worries, I tell them to call up my friend, the equitable man. That's good advice. If you have life insurance problems like owning your own home free and clear, education for your children, independence after 60, protection for your wife and family, talk it over with a man who can help you most, your equitable society representative. There's no obligation. To get in touch with this friendly, helpful neighbor, simply consult your local telephone directory for the name of your local Equitable Society representative. That's E-Q-U-I-T-A-B-L-E. The Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. And now back to the FBI file, The Astrological Breakout. Tonight's case is an example of so-called mother love carried to the point of viciousness. Obviously, the mother is a psychopath, a sick person, probably mentally unbalanced. Undoubtedly, Ralph is a criminal because he grew up under the influence of such a mother. There are laws protecting children from brutal physical punishments or wanton neglect. But as far as we know, none against being just a plain, bad, careless parent. It's true that most people who do a bad job bringing up their children do so through ignorance. And the pity is that many parents who are fully aware that all is not well feel reluctant to ask for outside help in guiding their children. They fail to realize that it's no disgrace to admit that they don't know all the answers in rearing their children. There are many agencies capable and anxious to help parents in child guidance. Mothers and fathers would do well to seek them out before it's too late. Tonight's file continues at the FBI field office. Special Agent Jim Taylor is talking to the agent in charge. Mr. Jackson? Yes, Jim? I think we're beginning to get someplace in that Wallace case. Good. What have you got? Oh, I told you I was going to check up on Stark's mother. That's the man who escaped with Wallace. That's right, sir. I went to the place where she last lived and interviewed her landlady's daughter. Yeah? She said she bought a bus ticket for the old woman to a place called Pineville. I see. Now, Pineville's only ten miles from Quincy. Ooh. Sounds like she's involved, all yeah. right. Yeah, I have a hunch. Uh, she set up the hideout. That's logical. I contacted a state trooper I know down there, and I gave him a description of Stark's mother. I asked him to check with real estate men, tourist camps, to find out if she's been seen. Good. Oh, uh, Mr. Jackson, I think I should get down to Pineville. I agree with you, Jim. Get going right away. 
Ralph? Yes, Mother? What are you doing? Working on a chart. Oh. What do the stars have to say today? They're quite favorable, Mother. Isn't that nice? They seem to indicate that a trip's in order. Good heavens, son. I wouldn't need the stars to tell us that. They seem to point to either a boat trip or the seashore. Please, let's make it the seashore. I don't like boats. Very well. That's where it'll be. Uh, did you finish counting the money? Yes. How much was there? Exactly 20000 just as your poor friend said. Fine. By the way, Ralph, what are we going to do about his remains? We'll bury him. Oh, how sweet. When do you intend to leave here, son? As soon as possible. Well, are we going to use the car you came in? No, Mother, that's too hot. I, I want you to go into town and buy one. Go to a used car lot. Buy one? Yes. Well, it's against my principles, but I'll do it. Sergeant? Sergeant Hampton? Yes? Been looking all over for you. Oh, hello there, Jim. Hi. Had quite a job finding you. First to headquarters, headquarters to a real estate man. And he sent you here. That's right. Uh, too bad we both didn't arrive a little sooner. Why? What do you mean? It's the hideout, all right, but two of our birds have flown. Wallace and Stark? Stark and his mother. Wallace is still here. Oh, good. Not so good, Jim. He's dead. Oh. I just discovered the body a few minutes ago. Hmm. Is it in the cabin? No, he was buried out back. I noticed a fresh mound of earth. That's how I found him. Hmm. Have you uh, searched the cabin yet? No, oh, just gave it a quick going over. Oh, let's go in and look around, huh? Surely. How's Wallace killed, Sergeant? He was stabbed. Hmm. Knife was buried with him. I'm holding it for Prince. Evidently killed by his confederate, huh? Uh, looks that way. Go ahead, Jim. Thanks, there's uh, just two rooms here, Jim. Stark's mother rented it just a week ago. Huh? Well, let's have a look around. Huh? All right. They couldn't have left here too long. I know. I didn't take the second car they stole either. That's still parked Sergeant? up. Sergeant? Yes? Look here. Well, what is it? It's a newspaper dated last May 17th. Now, if I remember correctly, May 17th was the day that Wallace's extortion victim paid him off. Really? Yeah, you notice the way this newspaper's folded? Uh-huh. Could easily have been wrapped around a package of money. Yeah. You know, if he recovered that money, that could be the motive for his murder. You mean Stark and his mother used it for a getaway? That's right. Hey, something else might be a lead. What, Jim? Writing pad. You can see indentations where something is written on it, huh? Well, I'll get it to our laboratory. Jim, I know the FBI has no jurisdiction on but this But we murder. do want to recover that extortion money, Sergeant. So we're still very much in this case. Been waiting for you, Sergeant. I've got a reporter from our laboratory. It's on that indented writing we found on that pad. Yes? Report states the writing was a letter Stark sent to a book company requesting they send some astrology books to an enclosed address. An enclosed address? Yeah, that kind of stymies us. We can contact the book company, though. They should be able to help us. Sergeant? Yes, Jim? 
That book company just called me back. Yes? They recalled getting the order. It was sent to Ocean City General Delivery. In Stark's name? Yes. I'll check General Delivery down there at once. Well, we've kind of hit a stone wall, Sergeant. How's that, Jim? I contacted the Ocean City Post Office. Package was picked up yesterday. Oh, that is a tough break. Yeah. Well, at least we know where they are. We can get the local police down there to help us look for them. Give them general descriptions. Hey, wait a minute. Of... Wait a minute, Sergeant. There may be a quicker way of getting to them. I've got an idea. Who is it? It's me, son. Oh, just a minute. Come in, Mother. Thank you. I had such a wonderful morning shopping. I brought some of the things home with me. I'm having all the groceries sent. I see. Son, are you working on one of those charts again? Yes, Mother. Don't you think you should quit that for a while? After all, we're at the seashore. Mother, please. Son, what's wrong? It's this chart. I'm quite worried about it. Why? Well, it's right on the cusp. I don't know if we're about to be very lucky or unlucky. Oh, now, don't you go worrying over some little cusp. Put those papers away like a good boy and relax. Mother, I'd, I'd rather... Oh, that must be the groceries. I'll answer it. Just a minute. Yes? Mrs. Stark? That's right. The grocery store sent me over here. Oh, well... Where are the groceries? Oh, I'm not the delivery boy. I'm a special agent of the FBI. What? What's wrong, Mother? He's from the FBI. Close that door. Just just a minute. How did you get here? Well, that money you took from Wallace was extortion money, and all the bills were marked. Oh. So you see, you led me here yourself. Ralph Stark was turned over to the local authorities, tried, convicted, and sentenced to be executed for the murder of Charles Wallace. His mother was prosecuted as an accomplice to the murder in a state court and was given a life sentence. And so another file was marked closed because of the facilities that are available to law enforcement agencies today, like the FBI laboratory, and also because of the fact that the special agents of your FBI have trained minds. Minds that remember things like the fact that the extortion money was marked. Those things are not accidents. Your FBI did not win its international reputation quickly or accidentally. It attained the status it now holds because it is made up of men who have dedicated their lives to public service. To the protection of every one of us. Every minute. Every hour. Every day. If you worry about the future, then the chances are you haven't made the right plans for the future. Building the right plans are simple when you know how. Now, there is one man who really knows how to help you build for the future. He is your local Equitable Society representative. If you have an average income, he can show you how to protect your wife and family, provide for your children's education, own your own home, retire on a comfortable income. Why not get in touch with him today? Consult your local telephone directory for the name of your local representative of the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. 
Next week, we will dramatize another case from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Its subject, bank robbery. Its title, The Diamond Stick-Up. The incidents used in tonight's Equitable Life Assurance Society's broadcast are adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. However, all names used are fictitious, and any similarity thereof to the names of places or persons, living or dead, is accidental. Tonight, the music was composed and conducted by Frederick Steiner. Your narrator was William Woodson, and Special Agent Taylor was played by Stacy Harris. Others in the cast were... Parley Bear, Ted DeCorsia, Jeanette Nolan, John Stevenson, and Tom Tully. This is Your FBI is a Jerry Devine production. This is Larry Keating speaking for the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community and inviting you to tune in again next week at this same time when the Equitable Life Assurance Society will bring you another thrilling transcribed story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The Dime a Dance Stick Up on This Is Your FBI.